Working together can make a big difference in results. As I consider our faith, I see one uniqueness that followers of Jesus should have. Jesus prayed that we would have it, and Paul talks about it several times in his letters. We're to have unity. What's so important about unity? If we want to accomplish something, it's much easier to do, and much more can be accomplished when we have unity. In chapter 3 of Ephesians, Paul had just finished praying for the believers there, that they would have the power to know God's love in their lives. Here in chapter 4, he begins to explain to them what it means to have God's power in our lives at a practical level. He wants us to know that when we are people, the people that God wants us to be, we can do the things that God wants us to do. Now, Paul is a master of persuasion. And here he is no difference. He doesn't start by saying, I am the apostle. Listen to what I say and do it. No, first he reminds the Ephesians of where he is and why. He's a prisoner. Why? Because he broke the law? No. Because he was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was living his life for Jesus. And now he wants them to be able to do the same thing. So instead of commanding them, Paul urges them, he encourages them, he exhorts them to live a life worthy of the calling they receive in Jesus Christ. What calling is that? Did they pick up the phone and hear, come to my office at the church? No, that was Pastor Barry. Uh, They heard the voice of the Holy Spirit calling in their hearts to follow the Holy One, the one sent from the Father who could give them life. So Paul is telling them to live like Jesus. I'm sure that sounds familiar, but what do we mean when we say that? Should we wear long robes, walk around in sandals, and preach out in the open fields? Do we stop eating bacon and sausage and eat bread and lamb instead? Thankfully, no, that's not what it means. Paul tells us the basics of living a Christian life in verse 2. Here he tells us what we should be. First, he tells us we should be humble. Humble is hard. As soon as we think we are humble, we are in danger of being proud. Am I humble? Well, yes, I guess I am a little bit. Actually, uh, look at him over there. I'm clearly more humble than he is. So I guess I'm, I'm pretty humble. Hey, everyone, look how humble I am. <laughs> Oops. Uh, But if Paul tells us to be humble, it means that we can choose to be humble. That we can choose to behave in ways that are humble. And when we do that, our heart will follow. The difficulty with being humble is that we measure our stature by the world's standards instead of God's. As a result, we really don't think we need to be humble. I say to myself, I'm well-educated. My job is important. I make a good salary. I'm as good as anyone else. I guess I'm just as humble as anyone else is too. But Jesus said that we need to be the least, that we need to be the least in the kingdom of God if we truly want to be great. And being great is okay if we're humble. Interesting, no? We need to follow Jesus' example. We need to think of ourselves with truth and honesty. I am selfish. I am proud, 
I am arrogant. And so I am a sinner who needs to be saved by God's grace. And no one else can do that for me. I can't even do it for myself. Or we can take a different perspective and look at it from the flip side. As Paul does when he tells us to think of others as better than ourselves. If we truly do that, it's much easier serving them. Paul knew what it meant to see himself clearly. He knew he was a murderer. He knew he had opposed Jesus before he had come to know him. And so he knew he was especially blessed to be called a child of God. And to be able to take the gospel of peace to the Gentiles was an amazing blessing to him. But I'm not a murderer, (laughs) or am I? Have I ever been angry with someone, angry enough to hate them? Oops. Jesus says, that's murder. Have I ever envied someone in my heart and thought they didn't deserve the good things they got? That is sin, too. What about lust? We could go on. But what's Paul's standard here? Be mostly humble? No, he says, be completely humble. Don't you wish that Paul would write kind of in vague generalities about some of these things and and not in these specifics? We're not supposed to be mostly humble, like maybe 51%, or even nine times out of ten, as the survey says, but 100% humble. Are any of us 100% humble? No way. Some days I wonder if I ever get out of the single digits. So should we just pack it in and say, sorry, Paul, it's just for you super apostles. Uh, Not for us regular people. Uh, We can't do that. Well, I can say with a fair amount of assurance that Paul himself wasn't 100% humble 100% of the time because he was human, too. But that's our goal. That's what we're striving for. We don't want to let go of our goal. The next character fits closely with humility. We are also supposed to be completely gentle. I was just sitting here thinking, I was thinking, gentle, gentle, gentle. And I, the old phrase, ladies and gentlemen, that we greet people. Now, what has happened? We've kind of lost what it means to be ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but that's where it came from. What do you think of when you think of gentle? I think of Babies and little lambs and feathers. Gentle and delicate seem to go together. So much around us is delicate and fragile. Even the things that we see that look sturdy and strong underneath are sometimes very delicate. Especially when it comes to people. The biggest, toughest person you know also has a delicate side. A place where if they are treated roughly, it brings anger, resentment, and fear. And they lash out to protect themselves. And if the big tough guys have a delicate side, what about those among us who are not so big and tough, but are already fragile and delicate? Our children are that way even when they seem to be, even when they seem to be growing up and are getting tough. An angry word, a cruel phrase to one of our children can hurt them beyond anything that we can imagine. We men who are married need to remember that this is also true of our wives. It is often easier for us to remember because women tend to be more overtly emotional. 
and we can see when we have hurt them. But still we forget and say things that are thoughtless. And wives, you need to know that your husband also has a delicate side. And you can hurt him very deeply with a thoughtless word or gesture. So Paul tells us first to be completely humble and completely gentle. The next two characteristics are also related. Be patient. Are you a patient person? I'm, I'm not particularly patient, um, especially when I drive in Taiwan. Uh, I've been working on it, but it still needs work for me to be patient. Now, what is patience? Uh, sometimes we mistake the disinterest of not caring about something for patience. But patience and lack of care are really two different things. Patience is waiting. Waiting for the right moment to say something, for the right moment to do something. It means waiting while someone is doing something foolish or saying something foolish or waiting until they are ready to listen. So when the two or three-year-old says, I want to do it myself, we wait patiently and let them learn that they cannot do it themselves. And when they learn that, then we are there to help them. Or when the teenager says, I am independent, I can take care of myself, we wait until they learn that all of us need others to walk with us. And then we are there to walk with them. Or even when a spouse says, I don't like you anymore, I'm leaving, so I can do what I want to do. Don't burn your bridges in important relationships. Be patient. Paul tells us that we need to do this out of love for one another. Sometimes we enjoy being together with our brothers and sisters because the fellowship is so good. But other times when someone has had a bad day or a bad week or a bad year, they're a little grumpy and we bear with that and with them in love. We endure their grumpiness, their sadness or their grief because we love them. That is who we are to be as we live a life for Christ. A life that reflects our Savior. Because when we are the people God wants us to be, we can do the things that God wants us to do. And what we are makes it a lot easier to do what our Savior wants us to do. But even then, it can be a hard thing. Paul tells us in verse 3 what we should do. He says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. What is the unity of the Spirit? Well, maybe we should ask what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that we all think the exact same thing or that one of us is master over all the rest. You know, even though your pastor has an excellent first name and you should always listen to someone named Barry. We don't just listen to what he says and accept it without question. It means that whatever comes, we place our top priority on maintaining our relationship with God and through his spirit with one another. Just before we returned home to put Caleb, our youngest child, in college, we had an interesting few weeks with our church in Taiwan. You see, we were moving into our new building. We had outgrown our old place and needed some more room. 
ago. Um, in many churches, that is one of the most likely times for conflict to come into the church. When you have a building program or you're moving, people go, get so invested in what they think the new church should look like and how it should be designed, what color the curtains should be, how the chairs should be arranged. And then they forget that it is only a building. And the building is not the church. So if I don't like the color of the curtains or how the floor is arranged, I remember that those are not really important. I remember that we can preach the gospel effectively in Puza and Taibao, where we live, with tan curtains or red curtains or green curtains. We can share God's grace and love if the office is in the front or the back of the first floor. Because all these things will pass away, and my opinion is not any better than anyone else's. And if I think of you more highly than I think of myself, it is a lot easier to defer to another's judgment. And by the way, I think our new church looks pretty great, even though it came out different than I first wanted. Why does Paul put an emphasis on peace here? Because without peace... Just read that for you since it's not a... Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Without peace, the unity is only external. I've heard of churches where the pastor, who has been there for 30 years or more sometimes, controls everything. There is unity because everyone is afraid to do anything that the pastor would disagree with. But you know what never really happens in churches like that? They never grow. The same people are there, and when they move or pass on, the church gets smaller and smaller until it dies. New people come to visit, but they can tell that there's no love there, that there's no real unity. Now, the grace place where we minister in Taiwan is a place where we can love one another, where we can serve one another and serve together side by side. It demonstrates to our community the unity that we have in Christ. Over its many years, Bethlehem Church has also been that kind of place. And Lord willing, will continue to be that kind of place. The fact that unity is important to Paul is clear by the number of times that he uses the word one. Seven there for the mathematically challenged. Uh, there's one body here, one spirit who lives in each one of God's children, binding us together in that one body. That spirit gives us one and the same hope for the future. There is one Lord, Jesus, who is Lord over all. One faith through which salvation comes and one baptism. The baptism of the spirit that marks us as children of the one Lord through the one faith. And finally, Paul says that there is one God and Father of all. God the Father is over all. He has all authority and dominion. What he says will be. No one will ever defeat his will. What he says he will do for us, he will indeed do. He is through all. He is guiding and directing everything. Even when it seems as if everything is going wrong, we can know that God is there. And he will make all things right in the end. And he is in all. That has special meaning for us as he lives in us. And his spirit teaches us and comforts us and prays for us. Let me close with these words from A.W. Tozer in The Pursuit of God. Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos 
all tuned to the same fork, are automatically tuned to each other. They are of one accord by being tuned, not to each other, but to another standard to which each one must individually bow. So 100 worshipers meeting together, each one looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be. Were they to become unity conscious and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship. As we listen to God's spirit and learn from him, we will grow. As we grow, we will be able to live our lives as followers of Jesus and we will experience the unity that only comes from God. We will be the people that God wants us to be and we will be able to do the things that God wants us to do. County fair season is upon us. I hope that if you, if and when you see the horses pulling together or alone, you will, they will remind you to pursue the unity of the Holy Spirit here at Bethlehem so that you can watch to see what he will do among you because he is waiting to do great things. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. You are in all and through all. You accomplish all things. And you have made us your children. You have brought us into your family. You have a marvelous future for us. An eternity with you. We thank you. Father, we pray that we could demonstrate the unity that you want in our lives here. That we could indeed be completely humble and gentle. Father, we ask that your spirit who lives in each one of us would teach us and remind us each day. Father, we praise you and we thank you. As we come to the table, we are reminded of the one Lord who died for our sins. Help us each day to remember that all that we do should be for his glory, for his honor. For we pray this in his name.